Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know, David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. We sure do. So are you questioning the security of your long-term sexual relationship? Is it currently lacking luster and excitement, causing you to worry that your partnership is in peril? If only we could learn how to have open dialogue about maintaining deep and meaningful connections with our lovers. Well, on today's show, we broached the subject of how to maintain our sexual relationships to ensure stability and viability over time. To overcome the waning honeymoon phase where the sexual chemistry is at its peak and ramp up the couple phase to include more connected sex while bonding and developing true love. Absolutely. Uh, we have a great guest. We have a returning guest, one of our favorite guests that are coming on the show. But before that, uh, let me tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with having to sleep in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, you just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave the house to get one. Simply go to Amazon and search for Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and order yours today. Great sex starts now. Sure does. And before we forget, we want to invite you to join us with April and Scott from the Naughty Gym as they host their first full takeover of Hedonism 2 in Jamaica the week of January 6th to 13th, 2024. We're going to be broadcasting on location for this amazing Sexy Fitness Week. And for more information about this, go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and book your week there. It is going to be a fantastic, must-be-there week. Alrighty, enough of the... Um, commercials let's get on with the show you know we're carol and david this is the sexy lifestyle and uh, we're really excited to bring back one of our special show guests well of course our uh, i guess she's like a resident sexologist one for us them, now yeah. yes one of our resident sexologists dr stacy friedman she's a great sex coach and she's always available to answer all your tough questions about sex and relationships we're so happy to have you back dr stacy I love when I get that email saying, can you be a guest again? <laughs> I love it. I look forward to seeing you all. So thanks for having me again. Our pleasure. So just remind our listeners about briefly about who you are and what you've been up to lately. Oh, I've just been busy helping support people in their relationships. There's been a lot more increase of uh, clientele for me, especially with everything going on with the LGBT community in the United States. But uh, I've been keeping busy and, and helping support everybody. I am doing sex coaching and intimacy support. I also help with dating 
and I work online all over the world. And I also work in my office in South Florida and Boca Raton. So I can reach people anywhere at any time. And I just love what I do because I get these emails or messages back just saying, you know, how much I've changed the relationships and helped, uh, you know, people move forward. And so it's very rewarding. I love it. Awesome. That's so great to hear. You know, we have, we don't uh, talk a lot about maintaining our relationships. So that's why I thought today was a really good topic to get into that. But so let's start off by talking about how new relationships are exciting and fun and loaded with great sex the honeymoon phase. Let's talk about that for a little bit. The honeymoon phase. Um, there's actually another name for it. They call it a euphoric stage, which is like the honeymoon stage because you have all of this increase of dopamine and energy. And it's almost like you lose your mind <laughs> in those first, it's usually like a, a six month to two year, you know, phase when they talk about a honeymoon phase, right? So, a lot of people will suspend any type of negative judgment. They will forget some of the faults that they see. You know, maybe the dishes in the sink aren't done. They're like, okay, it's okay, honey. Or, you know, your partner leaves stuff on the floor. Oh, no problem. I'll just pick it up. And then after that honeymoon phase, then you start getting into like, God, the dishes and the this and that. So that first phase, you just don't really see fault. You have increase of dopamine. Everything is exciting. The passion's flowing. The sex is flowing. The body fluids are flowing. Everything is flowing. And it's a real so, change of chemistry in the brain. It's not something you can absolutely. control, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's it literally shows that I think for uh, women, their testosterone actually increases, which is why so many times I get clients saying, well, at the beginning of a relationship, you know, my female partner was all over it and doing this all the time. And now she's not. Well, what happens is that when you get past that dopamine, that testosterone, that honeymoon phase, a lot of times the female chemistry, the brain and the, the hormones, the testosterone will drop mm -hmm. back to normal. Mm -hmm. Back to how and it so was that's prior. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that honeymoon phase is actually is real. Yeah. And that's, real. So that's yeah. a lot of lust that comes out of that phase where we're, we're thinking about sex. We want sex. Monkey so that, sex. Yeah. The crazy monkey sex that we had when we first got together. Right, David? We had sex all the time and, and different and crazy. And we thought, wow, this is what we were been missing. Absolutely. Now I'm missing it again. Why are you missing it again? We don't have monkey sex anymore. <laughs> it's because we're not in the honeymoon phase anymore. When is the last time you gave me a blowjob in the car? I don't even remember. In that honeymoon phase. That was it. It was over. <laughs> Showing off to the truck drivers on the highway. That doesn't happen anymore. Going up uh, Highway 5 in, in California, driving in a convertible, you're top off, giving me a blowjob. That doesn't happen anymore. Oh, boy. How do, Stacey, how do we yeah. get back to that honeymoon phase? Well, first of all, we have to go through the different phases to be able to feel like, you know, we can get back there because after that honeymoon phase, then you get to a place where you start feeling like you're in love. And that's where, like I was mentioning, the women's testosterone drops and you feel like the oxytocin kicks in. You know, you give each other a hug. You feel like, oh, I love this person rather than, oh, I want to jump their bones. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times the men might feel it because they have the higher testosterone, but that's when you can kind of sleep knowing that you have the security of your, of your partnership. What's so important in those stages is to keep novelty alive. Mm. And if you don't, just like he said, so now what you can do 
uh, Carol, is take that information. And so the next time you know this is something that he might like, then you throw in that little surprise, that element of uh, surprise is what really keeps things going. Right. And that communication is what's going to bring you back to those times. Mm-hmm, absolutely. To rekindle things. Now, he's jumped ahead by asking how we can get back to the honeymoon phase, because that's all he's thinking about is monkey sex. But I want to get more <laughs> into how the brain changes from the honeymoon stage into the next stages. And again, it's not something we can control. It's not us doing it. It's our brain naturally doing it, correct? Right. It's the brain and the hormones, just the way things are. And like I mentioned, you have that dopamine and the testosterone. The dopamine increases, testosterone increases that first honeymoon phase, euphoric phase. And then all of a sudden you feel that love and that's where the oxytocin kicks in. And because women have less testosterone than men, they're going to automatically, hugely feel less likely to feel like I want to jump my partner's bones unless they're having to respond to something. Right. So that's that oxytocin and that warm comfort feeling when you can go to sleep at night and not feel like, oh, I got butterflies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There are many times that though, just because you're in that phase, which is maybe the first one to five years, doesn't mean you don't get butterflies still, yeah. but it's different. Yeah, it's different. And so this is the the oxytocin, which kind of makes you feel connected, right? That's the bonding <laughs> Uh, they call it the love hormone. The love hormone. There you go. And it also is important when you are planning to have a monogamous relationship and really establish the trust and the bond that you need with your partner. Absolutely. And that is kind of that foundation you need because then once you get past that, and a lot of times during that phase, People are still having sex, but it's definitely different than that honeymoon stage. Right. The monkeys are not flying. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, might turn into a little cuddly bear or something like that, but it's not a wild monkey. Um, but that those first fa- phases are where you have that early attachment. And then what happens in that phase of like from five to seven years, you ever hear of the seven-year itch? Yeah. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Okay. That is a real thing because... I don't know if it's mentally, physically. I mean, there's a lot of different biological changes that happen. That's kind of what they call a crisis stage. Mm -hmm. And the crisis stage is where you're usually within that five to seven years, you've had a death somewhere. You've had an accident. You've had a major medical issue. You've had kids. Um, Something has happened to make it a crisis. And if you wind up getting past that and being able to move past that, then all of a sudden that deep attachment comes where you have that calmness and security and you get back to mm-hmm. some of that intimacy and sex. So a lot of people come to me after those seven year periods of times. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. When I ask how long have you been together? Oh, you know, six, seven years or 13, 14 years or, you know, however many years after that. Right. So the sex and the intimacy does ebb and flow in your relationship according to some of these stages. Now, after you've been to, after you've been together a long time, um, it's not really possible to get that dopamine surge ever again in your relationship. Wait, is wait, it? can't I trade the love hormone for some dopamine? I don't know. Let's find out. Can it really happen? <laughs> Can you get that surge of dopamine and epi- no, non-epinephrine? Sorry, norepinephrine David, again. I'm going to help you, David. Okay. I'm help you. <laughs> That's her job is to help. Maybe. But yeah. can, does it ever happen again in the same relationship? You can bring about 
more of those hormones, more of those feel good hormones by the way that the two of you are connected. When you get into that deep attachment stage of let's say seven years and longer, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, and you feel that security, a lot of times you get into this calmness of routine. And so people have to be able, in order to keep alive in your relationship, what I brought up just a few minutes ago is novelty. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, you're not going to bring about different hormones because right now you just live on the same thing. Your oxytocin is leveled. You feel love. You feel this. But where is that spice? Mm -hmm. So you have to keep adding things that maybe are exciting or that keep the adrenaline going. What are some things that you can do? You can go on. uh, You can do an exercise program. You can jump from a plane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can, um, you know, Go dancing if you haven't been to a club and just go dancing and start getting some of that excitement back from what you were doing years ago. And traveling, which we love to do, is one of the things that really brings us close together. And I guess it's because we do get some spikes of those happy hormones again. Absolutely. So you're traveling, you're traveling with like-minded people. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and you're, yeah, and you're naked and you're dancing and you're drinking and not saying that alcohol has to be involved, but you are getting out there and you're doing things that are helping you build up your adrenaline. So you you were talking about changing routine. Are you saying like in the morning, instead of bringing Carol a coffee every day, I should bring her a glass of wine to start her day? (laughs) Could be. That could work. (laughs) It might make her want to fall back asleep, though, depending on how wine affects her. I thought you were going to say you were going to bring me your cock first thing in the morning. I thought that was right. Yeah, all right, David, what's happening to you? Hang on, hang on. At the beginning of our relationship, I would always give you my cock in your mouth in the morning when we woke up. And now it's like, don't think of bringing that to me before you Uh, give me my coffee. See, I was a little disappointed because that's what I thought. He said, I thought he was going there too. Yeah, yeah, it was like coffee versus cock. I mean, yeah. now it's going to wine. But yeah, if you're happened? suggesting that would make a difference, I'm up to it. Well, I was just thinking you were trying to get uh, some you know, permission to do that from <laughs> from our resident yeah, sexologist. I've, I've definitely gotten a hell no for the last many years. <laughs> but you know, when you have the doctor in the house and she says it's okay, I thought that's where you were going. All right, it. and I have it on record. It's on record now. Right. Oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. That's what, but, but, but what, basically, what, it's whatever works, right? That's right. what you're saying. Whatever what? helps build a adrenaline because you can get adrenaline there. You can get that type of uh, feeling back. And when you build that adrenaline, the dopamine starts increasing. And when you're doing something fun and exciting, you even do like, you know, I know that you guys cruise a lot. I cruise a lot. We do the ATVs and you're going over all the bumps and you're laughing and mud spilling in your face and, and you're getting all excited and you're nervous when you turn and you can't, I mean, that type of stuff. And you get home, you take a shower and you're like ravaging each other in the shower because you just had an experience that was something new, something novel. And it's rekindling kind of some of that excitement that you had from the beginning. And, and, you know, um, being in the lifestyle, being swingers, um, that is so true. And I'm not out there, you know, suggesting that everybody bring another partner or for a threesome or another body into their sex life. But I'm sure if you brought in some sexy lingerie, a new sex toy, doing it a different place in the house, in the car, on the street where you might get caught in certain states, you don't want to do that. But, you know, (laughs) let's say in general, um, that excitement is definitely um, what drives those the adrenaline and the oh, my God, what's going to happen feeling. Absolutely. And there's two things that I always like to recommend to be able to get out of that rut of just being calm and complacent and everything and to kind of get back to some of those fun stages is 
not only just novelty, but the element of surprise. Mm. You know, take a blindfold and blindfold your partner and they have no idea what you're going to do next and have a little plan and and do something that makes them kind of think like, oh my God, what's he going to do? What's she going to do? Because you know each other's bodies so well, usually after so many years, that a touch may not be the same touch Mm. because you don't know where they're going to touch, you know? So taking away some type of a sense you know, a, a sight, a, um, a, a touch where you're handcuffed or blindfolded or things like that can also help build some of that, uh, you know, heart pumping. I tried I tried uh, that surprise thing uh, last week when we were having sex and she says, don't go near that hole. <laughs> oh, no, which hole? I don't want to know. Yeah, the one that's exit only on Carol. <laughs> and my side, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the element of surprise needs to have some consent. <laughs> yes, some boundaries. Well. Like If you do know your partner, just stick, stick within the boundaries of what she would like. Or stick not within like. the boundaries. So um, maybe, and also, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and also curiosity is just being curious about new things. And, and, you know, if you're not sure what to do, go online and say, you know, something new to do with your partner, uh, you know, going and searching for things. Now, certainly our show, which we've been doing for six years now, is really all about how to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy and horny. But it's really about keeping it fun and exciting. So we do talk about this topic a lot, but it's not exactly what relationship maintenance is all about, which I think I would like to get into with you. Do you have some strategies? Like, yes, it's part of it. And we're going to talk more about it in The Great Sex Matters. It's certainly part of it to maintain your relationship. But what kind of strategies do you have for couples who really need to maintain their relationship? Because otherwise, it could actually fail. So not just about the sex, but in general, other strategies. I like to kind of use an analogy of a car. You can drive the same car for 20 years. But if you don't lube it up, <laughs> yeah, pun intended. If you don't, um, you know, get the oil change, if you don't check the tires, if you don't do what's needed to maintain that car, even if it doesn't need it at that time, you know, you get an oil change at 3000 miles, you can wait till 4000. But you know that it you should do it around there. So you're going to do it. So same thing with the relationship, the maintenance is going to be very important. Because once you get to a place of either deep connection, or get past that crisis stage, and you're in a long term relationship, a lot of times people get complacent, and they don't maintain. And so one of the most important things is kind of having some type of tradition, something that you can do that you know every year you do this or every month you do this or every week you do this because that allows you to keep track of things just like you would with a car. You know that every 3,000 miles you have to get an oil change. So the most important thing for maintenance is to be able to start with just talking with each other and having like a Sunday powwow before dinner. Like a check-in with each other. How's it going with you? What's up? Exactly, checking in. But there's a few different things that are very important to maintain a positive relationship. And that is keeping positivity. Mm-hmm. You want, as soon as you start feeling like you're putting down your partner and you're constantly being negative, we have to look at the way we're speaking to each other. Because when it comes to sex and intimacy, if you don't make your partner feel connected, you're not going to get that sex and intimacy. Right, right. So the way you maintain it is almost as important as the way that you started, if not more. Yeah, yeah. So keeping positivity is one thing. Uh, openness. Not uh, not judging anyone's, what do they say? Don't yuck someone's yum. Yeah, yeah. You know, you want to feel like you can go to your partner 
And that partner is going to be open and allow you to talk about things that you like, that you want, that you need for your future. When you feel safe, then you get to the bedroom. You're like, okay, I could share that I want, you know, a dildo up my butt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can share that I want my hands tied. And you know that your partner is open and that's maintaining that safety. And even if they don't want to do it, they're open enough to say, well, that's interesting. Not sure I want to try that just yet. That's being open, right? Doesn't mean you have to say yes. 100%. And so that's the important thing is just having that openness. And also, in addition to that openness is the assurance that you're not looking at them weird or that you're judging them, that you're saying, you know what, like you just said, it's not something I really want to do, but tell me more. Give me a little idea as to why you want to do it. You know, I like to say, be a trisexual, try anything sexual. If you don't like it, don't do it again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but give your partner the ability to explain why they want to be pegged, which for people that don't know is the, the woman wearing a strap on and, and putting it in the man's backside. You know, why do you want it in your backside? I think it's disgusting. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not how you want to do it. You want to say, okay, well, just explain to me. Maybe I can understand why. Right. And it doesn't, and then, again, it doesn't mean you're going to say yes. It just means you're open and assu- they're assured that you're not going to be shamed. For and it. you're going to have a conversation more than, hey, look at the weather outside. You know, you're doing stuff that's, again, yep. maintaining your relationship. You're having that open dialogue. Yeah, it allows you to get deeper, <laughs> no pun intended, deeper <laughs> into the conversation where if maybe that's not appropriate, maybe you're like, you know what, I definitely don't want that over there, but why don't we do this instead? Right. So it allows you to have that, that maintenance is so important. And also just even keeping connected with family and friends, mm-hmm. because a lot of times people get lazy and then they wind up, I have so many people in long-term relationships. I say, well, how often do you get out with friends? Eh, maybe we go out once a month for a couple you know, with a couple for dinner. Right. You know, there's no stimulation. I know it's easy to lose interest in friends because, you know, sometimes they're boring and you you didn't used to think they were boring, but it might be time to make new friends. That's the great thing about the lifestyle. We make new friends often. We have stimulating conversations with our new friends. Yes, we also suck their cocks and and eat their pussies and do other things together, but we actually have great conversations. (laughs) We are very attracted to intelligent people. So if they can, you know, hold down a conversation, that's a bonus. Maybe we will have sex later. So that's what we look for. So if your friends are a little boring and you can't be bothered, Try to find new friends. You can try to find new friends and you can also try to find new things to do with those older friends. That's true. Because there's many, many times I know because being in the lifestyle before it used to be, you know, oh yeah, we'd go out to dinner with the same people, go out to dinner, mm-hmm. go out to dinner, mm-hmm. go out to dinner. And it's like, okay, well, how many times can you go out to dinner with the same people? Yeah. Let's go to a club. Let's go do, um, you know, dancing. Let's go do this. Let's yeah. go to a movie night doing something different. So you have something new to talk about yeah. also. Yeah. Um, but opening her up to, uh, to meeting new people. And even just in the home, a lot of times we get, well, this is your job. This is your job. You know, you do the dishes, you do this, but sometimes sharing those tasks and taking things off of each other's plates Mm. and saying to each other every day, what can I do for you today? Ah, I like that. Besides sticking it in your mouth, what else can I do for you today? <laughs> well, you know what David does? He might puts bub- he puts bubbles in my coffee, and he calls he calls it bubbles for blowjobs. So when he's <laughs> when he has a special su- Saturday morning coffee for me, and he makes a like a, a cappuccino. Yeah, exactly. So he always, wow. he okay. always has a condition. Well, for sure, that. 
But wasn't sure how you made the bubbles. If <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do have a frother at home. <laughs> cream, cream in your coffee. Exactly. <laughs> See, Stacy gets it. <laughs> She's afraid. She's very afraid right now. <laughs> I am With harmless. That, I mean, when, when you feel valued, that your partner still recognizes you, still acknowledges you, still appreciates you, still wants to do things for you, that will maintain that love and connection you have. And you just look at your partner in a different way and be like, you know what? This person still has my back. How sexy is that? Yeah, absolutely. And even those chores that we hate doing, but we do them anyways, day in or week in, week out. Uh, and it's kind of interesting that if your partner says, hey, let, let's swap or let's do something different. I'll do your laundry. And if you want to go, I don't know, take the garbage out from this week, whatever is your established tasks. Um, interesting. I had never thought of that, but that's kind of cool. It, it makes a difference because otherwise it's like, I'm so sick and tired of always doing the laundry, always doing the dishes. And you're just taking out the trash. I want to take out the trash. You do the laundry, you know, things like that. It does. And and when you do it without complaining, when you do it with that positivity yeah. that I was saying this and just the assurance to say, no worries, I got your back. I still love you. Let's, you know, and you just look at your partner different and it just keeps that oxytocin flowing, that yeah. love hormone. And then sometimes you look at them a little differently and be like, gosh, my partner's really awesome. Mm. So, um, hun, is it okay if I do the laundry for you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't know how to do the laundry. Some people won't let their partners. Pick something else, please. <laughs> dishes, yes. You could do the dishes. The dishes don't belong that way. They need to be organized. No, no, no. Way. Not like that with the dishes. But with the laundry, yes, I am. I, I don't hear you offering to do the floors for me. No, he's very Or good. the lawn. He washes the floors every week. He vacuums and washes the floors every week. But you don't do the dusting. I do the dusting. When you do it. Yeah, not very often. <laughs> A terrible keeper. <laughs> well, listen, it really works when you need it. Right. So if you see that you're needing that yeah. maintenance, if yes. you have a solid foundation and it's not something that's needed, keep going the way you're going. Right. But either way, you have to look at your situation, look at your relationship, look at your sexual experiences and saying, what is lacking? Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. can I maintain mm-hmm. it out of some of those things that let's say I mentioned? to really make a difference. Am now, I being open? Am I listening to their desires? Now, I know that we talked about the different phases and you said, let's get through the crisis and then, you know, the deep love and the deep connection happens. But when should we start actually maintaining our relationship? I think maintenance starts from day one, honestly. Um, but once you start getting to a place where you feel, um, especially when you're feeling like, God, you know what, either something's missing or I'm bored, bored yeah. or is this it, yeah. or I'm not really having the sex I want, then you realize you're lacking that maintenance that you mm-hmm. should have been doing all these years. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the connection gets, lo- I'm not saying lost completely, but it needs to be rebuilt. And you might not even yeah. realize it's like a slow burn and you're not even realizing that you're going downhill slowly. Um, Absolutely. And, that's, and I go back to the analogy of a car. If you don't keep up car maintenance from the minute you get your car, you can take 10 years off. Mm-hmm. But you know what? By the time that you need that oil change, you don't need an oil change. You need a new transmission. You need a new this, yeah. you need a new that. Yeah. And everything just falls to shit. And then you're in that crisis mode. And then you have to make a decision. Do I stay with this car or do I get a new one? Right. And so when you, you know? do your therapy and your coaching, are you often adding these kind of strategies into their couple because they already are separating or, or less connected? Are you doing that practically? 
Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that's, that's nice is I work with people who are not necessarily on the verge of divorce because I do more of the coaching than the therapeutic aspect of it. Um, since I'm, uh, I don't do therapy, but a lot of people come to me at that stage where they're kind of like, yeah, we're kind of blah, we're bored where, you know, the, the sex is lackluster. We're doing the same thing and over and over again. I'm like, well, when was the last time you did this or did this or did this? Oh, I don't know. It's been years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I give them the tools to help them move forward. And a lot of people are just like, well, I don't want to tell my wife I like this because I'm embarrassed about it. Yeah. So right away, all these years, the, these last 10 years that they could have been talking about yeah. what they liked intimately, sexually, tried different things to keep up that maintenance, they never did. So now we have to start baby steps yeah. and say, okay, let's just use our voice. Right. <laughs> start and, with that. And does it ever happen where a couple comes in and one part of the couple is like wanting to do all the maintenance stuff. And the other one is, no, I just like it the way it is. That happens a lot. Were you going to say something, Carol? No, I was just going to say, what do you do in that case? Yeah. um, Well, you know, you, you have one person in a relationship that is, let's say not happy. And the other person is content. If one person is not happy, both people are, can't be happy. Right. Because it's just not going to work. And so if you have someone that's not willing to make some of the changes to help support the other person's needs, then why be in this relationship? Not saying that I feel that people should just get divorced, but I should feel like, look at yourself. If, if you love your partner and you want to keep this marriage hot, spicy, sexy, even just in love and just being able to be good with each other, just like I said a little while ago, always want to know what can I do on a daily basis to support my partner? What can I get for you? What can I need? My husband, every single day, wake up, says, what do you need? This morning I had a headache. He brought me a cup and some Tylenol. I came downstairs when he went to work and there was food downstairs for me. He always does something every single day to fuel the fire. Mm, Nice. Nice. I like that. Well, that's maintenance. And you have to, you have to do that. When people come in, I say, you make a choice. You either want to work at it or you don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously. Well, it's a good spot to just remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're Carol and David. We're having an amazing discussion with sexologist Dr. St- Stacy Friedman. All about relationships and the need for maintenance, which I think is a very important topic because we don't really talk about that a whole lot. But coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So let's just tell everybody right now about topless travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for next year. Absolutely. You know, we talk about topless travel all the time. And if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation experiences ever, then you simply must book with topless travel from their trips to Hedonism 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and of course, all the Bliss Cruise adventures. Topless travel needs to be your number one choice. Their trips are all about pushing boundaries, exploring your naughty side, and meeting and parting with tons of sexy people. Let's just shout out to all their exclusive host couples, including Party Mark, most of you know and have met if you've been traveling with us. They're all there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Yep, and you know uh, we're on many of the topless travel trips, but listen up. We're going to be back at Hedonism 2 for their topless hedonistic Halloween event from October 21st to 28th, 2023. It's going to be a pre-Halloween week-long bash, and we'd love for you to join us there. And new for 2024, Topless Travel is putting together not one, but two bucket list trips from which we will, of course, be broadcasting. The first one, we're going to be exploring the ancient pyramids of Egypt, followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the Nile. And this is all happening from March 2nd to 13th, 2024. 
And on the second bucket list trip, we'll be heading to Kenya for an African safari to witness the Great Migration, glamping in the wild savanna from September 2nd to 11th. And 2024, the space is limited for both of these trips, and there's only a few spots left. So, if you don't want to miss any or some of these amazing adventures with other sexy, open-minded friends and us, then go and book your spot today before it's too late, and they're all sold out. Uh, for more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, you can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Ever, ever, ever. Alrighty. Um, where are we now? All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. It's time to get into our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So we talked a lot about how to maintain the relationship and what we need to do and look after ourselves, but we all want to have a maintained relationship that includes spiciness too. And not sex and not boring and stale. Exactly. So let's talk about how we can spice things up and let's start off with alternative lifestyles. Not everybody's going to be interested in that, but we can still talk about the options that are out there. Let's first start with our favorite topic because we're swingers. Let's talk about swinging. Swinging is, excuse me, is definitely an option for people who want to maintain their foundation of their relationship, but still be able to bring in others for fun. And it's something that I usually recommend that you do it not to fix a relationship, but to spice things up. The trust is going to be number one. And I've had a lot of people that come in after they've tried it or done something or done threesomes or things like that. And they have issues because they didn't discuss it before. Mm-hmm. And they just go ahead and they're like, well, let's just go try it rather than getting all the details. Right. So it can definitely be fun adding on that extra, uh, you know, spiciness for a couple. Now, Stacy, is there really a big difference about bringing another couple in, which is swinging, or just bringing another person in for a threesome? I mean, it can be because the lifestyle is a little bit different. I mean, swinging lifestyle, which, you know, um, is not just about the sex. You're building some great relationships and uh, friendships and just that are even non-sexual. And a lot of times with threesomes, you know, unless you're polyamorous, which is, you know, falling in love with other people, you know, the threesomes might be for a fun experience just to bring someone in, spice it up and then kick them out, (laughs) you know? Yeah. but with the swinging lifestyle, it's really it's really a lifestyle of of being with your partner and sharing this aspect with them and others and having these amazing friendships as well. Yeah, exactly. And if you're maintaining a great relationship and you have no intention of having sex with others, like I said before, you can just make new friends. You don't have to have right. friends with benefits. They could just be new friends, period. And that'll be more exciting and try different things because everyone who's different has a different point of view and a different interest. And it just different adds, stories, yeah. Yeah, and that can add some spice too because even if you have new friends and you hear about their sexy adventures because they like to talk, doesn't mean you have to join them. But again, you a different point of view and you know and you know we we were at hito in february and we met this great vanilla couple and they really weren't vanilla because they were at hito and they were naked but they didn't swing and you know on all these trips 50 percent of the people don't swing and we went into the playroom with them and we had the most amazing sex without them 
they had sex between themselves. Carol and I had great sex. And uh, the next day, we just talked about being in that environment where you're having sex with your partner around other people having sex, like live porn. And it was one of the best experiences they had. And we made new friends. We didn't fuck them. And um, like you said, the lifestyle is all about the people. And we don't, we don't expect them to convert and be into a full swap or orgy type of couple. They were happy doing what they did. It was very hot, us watching them have sex and them watch us. But that was a great experience. And they didn't go outside of their couple. Absolutely. And, and those are things that, you know, uh, I can do with my husband, too. We go to some of the clubs and just experience uh, meeting people. And we're not into the swapping thing right now. Like I had uh, a history of being in relationships that were swinging. But um, it's it's exhilarating and exciting when yeah. you're talking to people and just even meeting new people that are doing the same things that you're doing. Or like you said, even if they're not, they're still open-minded mm-hmm. and have that same thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, I, and I was going to say any opportunity you can get away uh, out of the, your normal re- re- sorry routine, routine uh, with your husband or your partner and not talk about the kids, not talk about the things that you actually talk about every single day. Mm-hmm. Just get out of that. Say, we're going to go on a date, we're going to have dinner together, but we're not going to mention X, Y, and Z because we talk about that all the time. Um, and, right. you know, it's just fun to talk about something different. And so if you have new friends or new situations, you have new things to talk about as well. Absolutely. Perfectly stated. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Let's talk about kink, BDSM. Everybody's seen Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm assuming. Um, how do we add that type of spice into our couple? Uh, here, I think, I mean, with any situation, consent is very important, but especially when you're starting to bring in some of the BDSM or kink where you're dealing with uh, whips or handcuffs or things like that. You want to really, really make sure that the person understands what you're doing and, and you feel safe with them. But it's all about just starting slow and bringing in something such as a blindfold, bringing in, um, you know, first just the conversation. And sometimes yeah. you can even just go online. I have a huge website of over 40,000 SKUs of toys and, and lotions and potions and, and bondage and everything like that. Sometimes just going to a site and going with your partner and saying, if we did anything, what would you do? Right. That can definitely spice things up, even if you did not want to do it or did not want to use it. I recommend, too, when people are interested in threesomes but are not necessarily wanting to do a threesome because they don't want to bring someone in, let's take a look for a suction cup dong ah, yeah. if you want to bring in for, two, for two, part, uh, two males. Stick it on the tub. Pretend you're sucking it. Uh, stick it on the window. Let your neighbors look. You know, whatever <laughs> you have your other, per, your other partner doing the other side, you know, so they can kind of get an idea of what is it like to do a threesome. Right, right. So, Something like the kink and the BDSM are, are all just consent, communication, and just starting slow. And again, new things to talk about if you are going to try something or even walk into a store, a sex toy store, and see what's out there. If you want to buy some fuzzy handcuffs because it's cool, uh, it's cute, and you know, you know you're not going to get hurt doing that. And starting off baby steps, like you said, to um, just give yourself new things to look at and to touch and to try. You know, we had Jaylene Bennis from Bondessage on our show um, a couple of, uh, uh, about a year ago, and she was explaining to us about the things you have in your house that Ah. you can use to be a little kinky like uh, the backside of an electric 
toothbrush on his perineum while you're sucking his cock or sliding a little finger in his ass and taking yeah. a spatula and um, uh, putting, that as a word. Yeah. Pu- putting yeah. pearls in the freezer and then roll, uh, sliding them along the body. So there's all different things you can do without having to break your bank. Um, of course, there's some beautiful sex toys. Carol's is a womanizer and there's dildos and, and beads and, and all that stuff. But you don't have to go. I mean, going sex toy shopping is one of the things we love doing, lingerie shopping. We did that for Valentine's Day last year as a way to do some a little bit different but um there's all different things you can do like you're saying a blindfold take out a silk tie tie someone's hands um when carol and i um do a little bit of subdom stuff um i like when she tells me don't move your hands don't touch me even though i don't tie his hands he doesn't move right and i love that because he's really listening (laughs) yeah yeah it's very very erotic yeah exactly so those are some kind of fun things that you can try to spice things up what about toys? How do you suggest toys to include them in fun play? A lot of people may be hesitant because of way that it might make their partner feel. There might be some men that might feel intimidated. And we all know that there's no toy that is going to take over the place of a warm person next to you. Right. Um, and so we just have to understand that, especially for women, there's a majority of women are not able to orgasm as easily, especially during sex. So that toy could make the difference of your partner having desire for sex or not. Mm-hmm. And so if your partner does not have any desire for sex, it could be because they're not being pleased. And so as a partner, you might want to say, if you're kind of curious, Hey, have you ever thought of, you know, maybe something like a vibrator, you know, just ask those questions. And if your partner be like, well, why? Oh, well, I just saw it somewhere and I thought it might be fun to try to spice things up. If you say it in a way that's not going to make your partner feel less than or feel like, oh, well, you're just not able to give me an orgasm. So I need a vibrator. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's going to be open to that. And guys, it's not all on the woman. There's some great male sex toys, cock oh, rings that vibrate, um, that vibrate on your cock, on a clit. Um, we have a great one here when I put it on my cock and when we're fucking, it feels like a completely different cock inside her pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes she's giving me a blowjob and it's vibrating and it's down on my perineum and the base of my cock. So, um, guys, it's not just about sex toys for her. There's great ones for us too that will also please her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, um, what I was going to say after, you know, your conversation there is that. The bullets, just a simple vibrating bullet that you would put on your clit is really great for the perineum or going up and down the shaft Mm -hmm. or giving a blow job and giving the uh, perineum, you know, taking the uh, uh, area over there with the vibrator. And it feels really, really good for a lot of men. And guys, guys, if you have a vibrator in her pussy, put your cock in too. It feels amazing if having. It fits, obviously. Well, yeah. a small vibrator. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, small. but we have some small ones. Yeah, yes, but do. have that vibrator. And uh, vibrators for pussies are not vibrators for the ass. Anything you put in your ass needs to have a stopper on it, right? 100%. We don't want to see you in the ER. <laughs> right, All right, exactly. All right, let's talk about threesomes. Let's talk about threesomes for a second. A few years ago, we did a whole show with you about threesomes. But just, oh, yeah. you know, in the. Um, um, Threesomes 101, how does someone go about bringing it up to their partner and how do they deal with possibly some jealousy or feeling neglected when the threesome does happen? 
it can always be a tricky subject, but what I always tell people to do, if you're unsure what your partner is going to say or think by bringing up a threesome, that's where I kind of always bring in the idea of a toy, Mm -hmm. some type of a toy to say, oh, it'd be fun to bring this toy in and see how it would be, or what would your thoughts be? Or, you know, even just bringing up fantasies. There's a lot of apps online or even on your phone that will ask those questions for you. Mm. So you don't feel like, um, what do you mean you want a threesome? I'm not good enough. Uh. If you go on to some of these uh, apps on your phone, you could ask some of these questions where they actually give you those questions. So you can say, oh, well, what kind of, would you ever do a threesome? Or what would a fantasy be? And then you have the openness to say, well, this is what I would like. And that goes back to the maintenance. You have to be able to be open and hearing it. Yeah. And guys, if you're going to open up that discussion about having a threesome with her and another woman, you have to be open for her to bring up the fact that she wants to have a threesome with another guy. Yeah. Both are valid. (laughs) Yeah. Both are valid. And very different, but both are valid. Both are valid. And what you can do is, ask those questions. Well, what is it about a threesome that you like? Why do you want the threesome? Is it because I'm not doing it for you? Or do you want to just introduce something that's exciting and fun to be able to have that dialogue is what's going to be so important. And how do we prevent the jealousy that you're just never sure because if you've never done it before, you don't really know how you're going to react. Right. You know what? I, there's, excuse me, there's some people that are just jealous people. And I do not believe in bringing another person in when you innately have that jealous streak. It's just not, it's not healthy. Um, But you have to also look is what are you jealous about or what, what is making you jealous? Is it the fact that they might find someone else attractive or is it just because you're insecure about your own body yourself or are you afraid to be left out have those conversations. It's like, well, if you're jealous, what would you be jealous of? Because they might look better than you. Try to get that communication during, in the middle, and after. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be one of the most important things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and of course, if you've never done it, you don't really know unless you're a super jealous person, then you're probably going to uh, um, come across it anyways. But if you think you're going to be okay, because you think I'm not a jealous person, and then the jealousy does come up, in the middle of the act, what should they do? This is where I brought up the before, middle, and after. There has to be consistent conversation because you may be like, no, I think I'm going to be okay. And then all of a sudden you start seeing your partner, you know, eating some other woman out and you're like, I don't like this. Don't just sit there and let it happen because then it starts building resentment as you're watching and you're like, son of a bitch. You have to either have a safe word or just say, or tap your partner and just be like, not really feeling comfortable or, you know, everybody that's in this alternative lifestyle understands that it's not going to be for everybody and understands that things are not always going to go as planned. So it's okay to stop, have that conversation. And then when you're done, you have that conversation again. And I maybe think, save something special for your partner. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think um, it's important to note here and let everybody know that, um, Sometimes it's really hard when you're bringing or starting swinging for the first time or having a threesome for the first time, doing it in your house. Because if it doesn't work out, it's it's sure. tough, you know, to ask that person to leave. Or if you're in their place, you know, how do you politely excuse yourself? 
However, there are amazing sex clubs and swinging clubs and uh, BDSM dungeons and places you can go where you don't have to do anything the first time. You can just go and watch and then go home and have a discussion with your partner and say, you know, what felt good? What did you like? Go back the next time. Try it. Don't change your rules on the fly. And um, if you meet a couple and it's not great, you can politely excuse yourself and, and move on. So, you know, doing it in your home, the first time might not be the best thing. So there are other ways and other things you can do. We talk about hedonism and the bliss cruise where you can meet a whole bunch of different people and go to educators who do classes um, while you're on vacation. So there's many, many different ways. And at the end, Stacy will give you, you know, some contact information. If you have any questions, you can ask her where you can go and find these places. South Florida has probably the nicest swingers club in the world at Trapeze in Fort Lauderdale. There's secrets in Orlando and, and, you know, um, collects throughout the u.s so there's lots of places to go so don't feel you have to bring someone into your house and then feel well it's not working how do i get rid of them mm-hmm. no i totally agree 100 percent on that it should always be in a neutral environment and i think one of the most important things that people need to do is think of different circumstances that may happen have that conversation beforehand and say if something happens that i'm not comfortable with how should i react yeah talk about it beforehand so getting into it you kind of have an idea of what's to expect. Yeah. And easy things like, hon, I have to go to the bathroom. Can we just like, you know, put a pause on this right now? It's not rude. It's kind of, it's normal. And that's your cue. And that's okay too, right? It's not, you're not there to worry about hurting other people's feelings, but you still don't want to be rude about it. We still are. Right. And maybe the first time just say, listen, when we do it the first time, I just don't want you to be kissing each other or I don't want you having sex. And then when we get home, we'll have sex. Right. And that's another good way to keep things spicy too, is save something for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now when we talk about non-monogamy, we have some couples who would be more into it than others. What do you think are some main reasons why couples would choose non-monogamy to maintain or spice up their sex life? Because they have an open mind to realize that, it's not all or nothing. It's not black or white. Uh, not everybody can make everybody happy. Not every one person. There's not one person that's going to fulfill every single one of your needs. And I think a lot of it also has to do with people's uh, upbringing and religious backgrounds and things like that. Um, just how for how free you feel to be able to say, you know what, I am non-monogamous. And this is something that I feel, I mean, I'm sorry, I am monogamous, but this is something I want to do just to spice it up. I feel good. I'm not jealous. I think it'll be fun. And you also might learn something to help bring back into your relationship that you maybe you didn't know about your partner as well. For sure. Well, we always say that we're emotionally monogamous and we just like to have sex and share our partners, you know, for sex. Um, So yeah, the monogamy is part of our relationship, but we just like to explore beyond that for the sexual part. Yeah. And I agree that it can be very good for a lot of couples that either Uh, enjoy sex to a a point where you're going to be meeting a lot of different people and trying different things that you may not necessarily feel comfortable with your partner trying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes trying it with somebody new that you're not emotionally connected to may give you less inhibitions where you could say, God, that was really hot. Okay, now I feel comfortable to know I like it. You know what, hon? When we get together next time, I want you to try this. Yeah, Yeah. we we do that often too. 
if David really likes the way someone's sucking his cock, he'll go, babe, come over here, check this out, see what she's doing. We want to try this at home too. And so that makes it fun. Yeah, it makes it fun as well. Exactly. Now, if you're not both on the same page, like let's say uh, one wants to try one thing and one wants to try something else, how do we negotiate our boundaries and wants and needs? Um, One thing to kind of answer your question, but also change the question just a little bit, I have had people that have started with a swinging lifestyle relationship and things changed over the years. Either they've had kids or they're not in the wanting to do it anymore. And that's kind of a little tricky. Like how do you get someone to do it if they already did it and now they don't want to do it. But yet the gentleman was saying to me, she's false advertising. (laughs) You know, when I first got her, this is what she was, and now she's not. And oh. I believe I should be in a swinging lifestyle for the rest of my life. That oh. if you're not able to make those changes and support your partner, then you're going to have to do your own thing. But otherwise, sometimes you have to look at the timing in your relationship. Maybe the timing isn't right. Maybe if you uh, allow that partner to be in this stage without that, that maybe in a few stages later, they may want to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I think that. You can't force your partner to do anything and you shouldn't because you're going to build resentment towards your partner. And if it's not something right for you, then ask them, is there something else that we can do instead that may still feed some of these needs or desires that I have? You know, and St- try to compromise. Stacy, the whole show we've been talking about maintenance and, and making sure things don't get boring and stale and there's always excitement. And we've seen it. We've experienced it in the lifestyle being swingers for 17 years that being in the lifestyle which some people will find spicy has a tendency sometimes to get boring and stale because you're going to the same places you're doing the same things and carol and carol and i for probably a year we went on some vacations and we didn't play with other people we had sex on the beach between us we went to the playroom and we had sex with other people but we really took the time because carol was saying you know I need to slow down a little bit. Uh, you know, we haven't met the right people. Um, I, it takes a lot of effort to meet someone and to connect with them and do all that stuff. So we just decided we're still going to keep going to all the great places we go to. We're going to go to the playroom. We're going to have sex. We're going to be exhibitionists. But we didn't necessarily play with just anybody who was there. And in the last year, we've gotten back into orgies. We've come across some great couples. And for us, it's not the quantity. It's really about the quality of the sex we're having right. with other people. And we have a great toy box and we have a great imagination and we have a single guy who we play with so there's a little bit of a bunch of different things we do to keep it spicy because you know how many different sex positions can you do (laughs) even being swingers (laughs) it can get boring you know Exactly. exactly and that's that's where we talk about the ebbs and flows of the relationship you know doesn't mean that you have to stop doing certain things it just means that maybe back off on some change it up a little bit right. instead of being with people still being in that environment with just your partner making sure you also want to also double check your uh, foundation with your partner sometimes push that away and stop and just say you know what let's just reconnect make sure that we're still good and then once you get that back you're like okay we're ready and you go back out there yeah, yeah. and some of the things you know? that we've done is you know it used to be okay we get together with a couple um i put her on the bed i eat her pussy carol pulls down his pants sucks his cock and i said okay this time we're going to do something different um we're all going to be together um 
both girls decided to give double blowjobs and then I decided to fuck her. Then we started eating pussy and just to make it different because if you keep doing the same routine again and again, that's where boring and stale comes in even when you're in the alternative lifestyle. And it's the same thing if you use the same sex toy again and again and again. Well, you know, first of all, the sex toy is going to burn out, (laughs) but it's not exciting and special anymore. Absolutely. And that's what's nice about meeting new people, too, is because you find that you can learn new things about different people and and new experiences. And they may be able to show you something that you didn't have in those other experiences. Even after all these years of being swingers, and I don't know how many hundreds, maybe a thousand, not sure, uh, people, couples we fucked. We still, even the last play session we had with another couple, we learned a new position. Remember on the we side did. of the bed? Yeah, the, the side of the bed. Really? Yeah. And I said, how does that happen? I thought we knew everything. But yeah. it's and just- last year on the Bliss Cruise, we met this great couple from Colorado. They've become great friends of ours. We have great conversations. We look forward to meeting them. And they've actually added spice to our sex life because there's so much energy they bring when we get together. Yeah. And we're shouting out to them because I know they listen to every show. <laughs> I know. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so, well, we are getting yeah. to we are getting to the end of the show, and we will have to close it and round up this conversation. And we do like to end with a little bit of advice. So, um, Dr. Stacy, I'm going to ask you, what would be the top two things that couples should consider when they're trying to boost their sex life, but also keep a strong, stable, long term relationship? You know, I hate to use the typical communication, (laughs) you know, but I think that when more people are talking about things that they want and desire and being open to sharing fantasies, you're going to get what you need and what you want. It's, It's one of the top things that you can do for your relationship. And the maintenance is going to be even more important. Wake up every day and think about, you know, what can I do today for my partner? And as long as your partner feels loved and feels appreciated, that sex will come, that intimacy will come, and you will come. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Pun intended. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Awesome. All right, Dr. Stacy Friedman, thank you so much for sharing all that great information. Why don't you take a second and tell everyone how they can reach out to you for a consultation, some counseling, and uh, where they can find your website, blog, social media. Well, first of all, thank you so much again for having me on. I always just love talking sex with you both. But uh, my website is Dr. Stacy Friedman, S-T-A-C-Y-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. And all of my social media on Instagram, Facebook, you know, LinkedIn, everything is also Dr. Stacy Friedman. So you can find me with there. I also offer uh, complimentary 15-minute consults. So that way, if anyone is not sure if its services are right, they can call and we can connect and talk. Perfect. That's great. And of course, if you missed any of that information, you can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information, and you can contact them there as well. Yeah, and and Stacy, who's been on our show many times, on her guest page will have all the other episodes that she's done with us, and all of them have been fantastic, especially the one on threesomes. So go check it out. All right, so we're learning more and more every week with all our great guests. We hope you do too. You know, if you have any questions at all, you can send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. All righty, babe, the end of another great show with another great guest, Dr. Stacy Friedman. Thank you once again so much for being here today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Great time. And as we do every week, we want to thank all our listeners for being here week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, 
sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and maintain your relationship and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Love it, babe. <laughs> All right, that's it for our show today. Carol and I and Dr. Stacy send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 